are the Attic Aficionado, and I am your basement buddies. Hear ye, hear ye, all gather to hear Master Joe. From this point forward, we are going to call them Bridgewaters. Detroit is a dumpster fire. Philadelphia's a dumpster fire. Doug Peterson is not a good coach. Nobody cares about fantasy, Sean. Nobody. Washington is the team that beats Pittsburgh. They won the game they needed to win. Greg Williams should never step foot in an NFL locker room. You good? You got it all up? Juju Smith-Schuster being knocked back into the TikTok world. Grow and grow and grow. It's reps and reps and reps. Aha, aha, aha. Just throw and throw and throw and throw. Terrible, terrible, terrible defense. And we don't recognize boundaries in 2020. That has to make you happy as a Buffalo fan. I'm all, leave me alone. This is the best. Because he's not a quarterback, so does those still count as QB hits? Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Out of Bounds podcast, Out of Bounds and Z. Don't forget to come check us out on all your favorite streaming platforms. Come check us out on Facebook. We have a page, we have a group, and we have a nice little community of people in the Ringer NFL group that love to respond to our questions, our comments, and our polls. If you don't know, I'm Joe McDonald on the other end of the Zoom, of the internet, of whatever it is that makes this work, is Sean Lawler. Sean, how are you doing tonight, sir? Oh, not too bad. Snow today like you got. Uh, glad to see it melts. It's supposed to be 16 tomorrow, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, yeah, I don't know what that is in normal temperature, but it's supposed to be 60 tomorrow, so I'll take my 60 over your 16. Uh, uh, I think my 16's hotter than that. I don't care. It's 16. <laughs> it's a lower number. That's all that matters. Um, we have a little bit of news to get into, more kind of the nuts and bolts stuff of the league, but some fun, fun stuff also. And then we're going to talk about a new development in helmets. We've talked about that this offseason, but Sean brought an interesting article up to me. Philadelphia Eagles, Sean, it's in the intro. Boy, are they a dumpster fire. And apparently a new coach doesn't always change things right away. Uh, And then we're going to get to our top five linebackers and their best fits in the draft. And then Sean has a little plan at the end of the pod for punishing NFL teams who just aren't that darn good. Uh, But let's get (laughs) right into the news um the owners meetings are going on they as they always do they have amendments and rules that they can vote on that they can you know talk about they implement them sometimes for good sometimes for a one-year trial basis we got a couple of those sean so i want to give the listeners and you in case you haven't had a chance to to check it out yet some of the things that have happened of course the big one is jersey number changes uh, <laughs> as you know, right now, the NFL is pretty, pretty, I don't want to say strict because that doesn't really give them an, enough credit, but usually 99% of the time, when you look at a guy's number, you can tell what position he plays. It's, it's pretty straightforward, basic and simple. The NFL has decided to throw that for a wrench. Um, Sean, do you have those sets up? If not, I can pull them up, but the NFL is basically saying that starting this season, if you want you can change your jersey number. However, same as always has been before, if you change your jersey number for this year, you have to buy out the existing inventory that the NFL has on hand. Now, if they want to change their number for 2022, they can tell the league now, and next year they will not have to you know, purchase anything of that sort. But for guys who really want to go gung-ho and change their number this year, they do have to, in fact, buy out the inventory. Obviously, for some guys, that's a little bit more than others. If Russell Wilson wanted to change his number, it's not quite the same as, um, (laughs) I don't know, give me a buffalo, Matt Milano buying out his number. No offense to Matt Milano, but he's not selling as many jerseys as Russell Wilson. Sean, do you have those number changes in front of you? 
I don't actually. Um, I just, I, I quickly on that, like having to buy out the inventory, that's, I, I like that. If you give them a year's notice, they just put it on fire sale. And then, mm-hmm. so you'll see, just check out the NFL uh, website and see who's on serious clearance and you know who's changing <laughs> their number next year <laughs> you'll know who's you'll know who's trying now we know how to mine for content <laughs> yeah um let me see i should have it up here uh okay well i don't have it right in front of me but basically the numbers are is like defensive backs can go to single digits mm-hmm. uh things of that sort so there will be a lot of confusion basically the way you see it in college is, is the best way I can describe it. The number sure. system you see in college is basically going to be how it's going to be in the NFL. Um, before I move on to the other rule changes, Sean, a very famous quarterback had an opinion on this. Uh, would you like to go into that before we move on to our next rules? Yeah, I, uh, yeah, those number rules, you know, I, it's going to be a lot like college. And apparently there is a reason. And I guess there's a reason for the numbers. And quarterbacks like the number system, some quarterbacks, especially mm-hmm. Tom Brady, who apparently took to Instagram on Thursday. So today we're recording at 9.15 p.m. So this morning saying, good luck trying to block the right people now. Going to make for a lot of bad football. Um, he goes, he also said, yeah, and then he also said, why not let the linemen wear whatever num- they want to? Why have numbers? Just have colored jerseys. Why not wear the same number? Dumb. <laughs> it's, it's such an old man take that you'd think that I would love it, and despite the fact that he helped lead my team to six Super Bowls, I am not on the same page here with Tom Brady. I, the point he's trying to make is, like, right now, you know, you see a linebacker creeping up. He says, oh, 52 is the mic, 57 is the mic, 58 is the mic. You know, you can spot the blitzer mm-hmm. depending on where you know their position is. Now he's saying with all this anarchy that how are we going to know who's blitzing and stuff? Well, I'm sorry, Tom. Football's kind of hard. I mean, you may have the answers to the test, but now all of a sudden they've changed up the questions right before the exam. So, again, will it make it more interesting? Yeah. And you know what? Is just as fun as a TD pass from a quarterback to a receiver is a pick six because you didn't spot the blitzing linebacker or fumble recovery when somebody sacks you. I mean, like, this is part of the game. Again, there are going to be people who are super excited. All it is is giving the NFL more access to cash revenue streams because people are going to buy jerseys. If players buy out the inventory, then they get to make all new jerseys and sell a whole bunch of new ones. Which is fine. I'm, I'm not begrudging the NFL. <laughs> yeah, like I'm not begrudging the teams or anything. Like this is if they want to do this, this is fine. To me, this is putting patches on NBA jerseys. It doesn't bother me one bit. I'll get used to it. I'll still look at the numbers. I'll still figure out the names and go on from there. I'm sorry, Tom Brady and any other quarterback who has a problem with this. Guess what? You want to go to all? You know, you want to be the New York Yankees and not have names on the back of the jerseys? Go at it, buddy. Try and tell the difference between Tyree Kill and me, Cole Hardman. I don't care. Like, this is such a weird hill to, like, do this. I I know that Brady has become more, like, Instagram famous and, you know, social media savvy. This is such a weird hill to, like, fight on. Okay, but he thought, like, he gets interest, you know, like, early in the offseason. He posted his phone number, you know, in quotations and, and all this. But, like, 
it's such a weird hill to to defend. Sean, what do you think? <laughs> You're absolutely right. Like if you see number two and he looks like Ray Lewis, um, it it's you don't need it to say fifty-two. It to, Mike two. Like it's yeah. if the number two looks like they're jacked up, you know it's yeah. not a cornerback or a safety. It might be a safety. Who knows? You know, yeah. depending on how the safeties are going these days. Yeah, right. But it's, it's going to be a linebacker. Like, I don't really get the number thing. Like, it. it yeah. I was just like, sure, whatever. Okay. This, is, just this is the very, this is the very definition of like a social media idea gone amok. Like somebody's like, you know, it'd be cool. We like just open up the Jersey numbers and everybody's like, that's dumb. And then like it leaks onto like Twitter and all of a sudden like it's, you know, trending like hashtag free the jersey or something and you're yeah, like you know like, what this is pretty good we're gonna do this it falls under my read the tweet to yourself rule before you hit send <laughs> <laughs> like it's it's so dumb it's such a bad hill and i don't get it okay maybe the league made it easier for him maybe it'll be hard or harder for him and easier for the league to beat him like now mm-hmm. they've just brought some more parity to the league. Cause if you've looked at the Buccaneers this off season, they've just been taking back what was trying to leave the house <laughs> and then bringing yeah. in a couple new guys. <laughs> right. Again, it, it's such a weird hill to die on. I don't think that there's going to be a huge difference in the 2021 season. Uh, maybe obviously for some rookies coming in, but again, like you're just going to be learning those guys numbers anyway. So it's not like you're switching. Uh, again, it's it's just such and now, a how about weird... the guys on the bench with the single digit numbers, and now cornerbacks are going to be coming yeah. to them to get their number, and so I just be like, sweet, it's like, hey, honey, yeah. what do we need? What do we need? Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. Patrick Peterson's going to want number two. <laughs> yeah, right. And and here's the other thing, I said it's going to be like college. In college, you can actually have multiples of the same numbers, yeah. one on offense and one on defense. That's not going to be the case here. If no. you see a number four, there's only one number four. So if you're watching tape and you say, oh, who's that guy there? Oh, that's number four. That's Jackson. Well, guess what? You know who that is. So, again, it was – if he wants to come out and make, like, a little jab at it or whatever, but for him to put, like, D-U-M-B dumb at the very bottom, again, it's just such a weird take. It is. It's such a weird hill to, to die on. I don't want to keep going on this because I could go all night. Um, some <laughs> of the other things that were uh, uh, they proved a one-year experiment in an attempt to make onside kicks easier. And uh, for this season, the the receiving team on kickoffs will be limited to nine players within twenty-five yards of the ball. Uh, last season, <laughs> only three were recovered of sixty-seven onside kicks. Uh, so two. Was- only should have been yeah one was the atlanta dallas one which i do not want to talk about uh that was the lowest recovery rate since at least 2001 so they just decided when they got to 2001 like yeah we're not figuring it out it's been 20 plus years that's, that's how long it's been they don't even care <laughs> okay we, um, we went a little too far <laughs> yeah uh as a result the philadelphia eagles proposed that teams be given an option to gain 15 yards on one offensive play from their own 25 that was tabled, that they decided not to do that. Um, tabled was a rule that would have expanded the area where players are not allowed to block below the waist. Again, I think it's just something that they need to look at more before they decide to do it. 
They eliminated overtime in preseason games. I think everybody's okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> that should I don't have been number one the, first. Yeah. Um, this is a rule we talked about in the offseason. They changed the rule that will now force a loss of down if two passes are completed behind the line of scrimmage. Um, so that was the Tom Brady rule that went into effect. I think that's his third one on the books. Going so, in the opposite uh, direction of the XFL. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, they approved the rule change that ensures the enforcement of all accepted penalties during successive try attempts, uh, basically defined as an opportunity for a team to score one or two additional points during one scrimmage down. That's just kind of a, again, a procedural thing. That's what a lot of this is. Um, they tabled a proposal from your Buffalo Bills that would have pushed back interviews for general managers and head coaching positions until after the championship round of the playoffs and would have prevented hires until after the Super Bowl. It's because the Bills it'll... lost because of Dable being on interviews. Like, that's why. That's why they lost to the Chiefs. Um, <laughs> let's, let's calm down. Let's calm down. Patrick Mahomes was on one foot and you couldn't beat him. Okay, let's just say that. Because uh, Dable wasn't on his game. That's, oh, that's why. Uh, but they say it'll be further studied. So, okay, sure. I, I think you know. it's a good idea. I, 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 listen, it's it's not a bad idea, but to me, it's like the legal tampering period for free agency. We know these guys are going to talk to teams. You, oh, you can't talk to them until after the championship round. It's not going to stop anybody. They're still going to talk. They just won't make anything official. Uh, one other thing I wanted to get into, this wasn't on the list, but <laughs> they talked about it that refs have done a poor job in calling taunting penalties the last couple of years. Players standing over players, players pointing in, you know, players' faces, things of that sort. They've kind of let it go, and apparently the league is not very happy about it. So according to one NFL insider, they're saying expect more taunting penalties this year. So, Sean, um, as somebody who loves penalties, what do you think of the the clear indication that they're going to call more taunting penalties? Great. Love it. (laughs) No, it's, it's so awesome. I love business like football. There's there's no emotion at all when your adrenaline's pumping. Um, Not at all, right? This is terrible. (laughs) This is terrible. This is the wrong direction. This is like cracking down on marijuana. It's like wrong direction. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so what's what's a what's a worse hill to die on? Tom Brady with jersey number changes or the NFL absolutely calling more taunting penalties? What's the what's the worst of the two? I'd have to go with the league cracking down like it's like dude you're they're gonna show emotion like you don't come out of a meeting like ready to go sometimes like you don't go get into an office meeting ready to go with somebody like in a negotiation like i i work in a warehouse so i'm ready to fight the second i walk in the door but that's a different thing yeah so it's gonna happen in football it's fine like it's you know if they're not touching each if they're not like beating each other up you know, mm-hmm. what's like they're taunting. Like if they start hitting I, yeah. each other in the nuts, then we're like, yeah, that's crossed <laughs> well, the line. <laughs> that that's called a penalty, Sean. That there's actually a penalty for that. Now I, I see your point. I, listen, I love TB12. He's just wrong. It's again, if you don't like it, fine. But to like so vehemently come out against it, okay. Are there some taunts that I'd like to see called? Yeah, some guys take it way too far. That's fine. You need to call some of those. Like, just to be 100% against the jersey changes, it's just like, 
Sorry we made it harder for you. Yeah. I guess, thank God, somebody didn't say that the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers wouldn't make it back to the NFC Championship game. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on. Somebody on this pod said that. I don't know. We'll listen back to it. We'll figure it out. Uh, Did you also see that they completed a study regarding the drop in offensive holding that happened? Uh, yeah, I saw that. What, what did that study say? So it, there, it, didn't, it doesn't say in the article, but they said that they were going to clarify the standard and put together a video for teams to consume before the next season, 2021. Oh, season. well, this will be fun. So I guess there was, it says, a sharp drop. In offensive holding, and I remember we talked about early we, on the season because you taught, said that, that they like were letting it three. go. Yeah, yeah. apparently letting it go just lasted the whole season. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they really liked the movie Frozen. They were very into letting it go. Uh, yeah, it, it's not surprising. You're going to see again. You're going to see an uptick in penalties because, as a, a previous owner of the Houston Texans said, we don't want the inmates running the asylum. Oh, we don't want them doing the you know one. all these. We don't want all these crazy things going on. So we want to make sure we're calling the penalties for the taunting and the holding. And, you know, all the old guys are against the jersey changes. So as long as we can get things back to it. (laughs) I'm just quoting. It's a quote. All right. On to our next story. Sean, you sent this one to me. I sent you the previous one, but you sent this one to me. Um, The NFL and the Players Association have approved um, a position-specific helmet design for the first time since they began basically regulating equipment for players. Um, It is a helmet built for offensive and defensive linemen. It is ranked number two on the league's 2021 safety rankings. It is called, I think it's pronounced Vicus or Vices, uh, 02-R Trench. Basically, it comes with bumpers on the front and upper sides where – the NFL did engineering studies saying that's where the most common point of contact was, uh-huh. you know, with, with the linemen. So again, this is something that they are, I mean, they're, they're putting the data behind, you know, uh-huh. me. I'm not like a PFF data guy, but when it comes to safety and actual data, not made up data, like VORP or, you know, PFF sack rate or, or whatever it is, whatever sport it is. Definitive um, data versus negotiated data. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. Like there's science and there's data. This is science. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. This is, this is science. Yeah. So again, this is really interesting. I'm not sure what other positions we could see just because you could argue that like hits a wide receiver takes are different than hits running backs take, which are different than hits that cornerbacks. Well, they have started doing that with the wide receivers because Antonio Brown lost his mind, not being able to wear the helmet he wanted because it wasn't it. It wasn't considered safe. Well, that, that, that was part of it, but I don't know if it's as much about for for the linemen for this, for these Mm, trench helmets, that is a specific design for linemen. I'm not sure how far they're going to be able to come. I do think they can take steps into helping other positions, but I'm not sure that they're going to have the effects. Like you can see it maybe a 20 to 40% decrease in concussions and linemen. I'm not sure you're going to see the same decrease in other positions just because their bodies move in such different ways. Mm -hmm. And really their hits are going to come at a 360 angle where I think for the most part, you know, linemen are going to get like, you know, the front 180, maybe 240 from the side, but not most linemen don't get hit in the back of the head. Mm-hmm. It's more of a frontal to side thing. So mm-hmm. again, it's, it's really great that they're investing in this. I mean, do you have any other data or, or things you want to say about this, Sean? 
No, I just I I love that they're doing this game position specific, like you said, especially like they're going after the trench players. Like it's like finally mm-hmm. somebody's helping the like lower class, like the, the working yeah. class before yeah. the rich. <laughs> mm-hmm. Most most people can name probably four wide receivers, even in a two receiver set for their favorite team. Most people can't name one reserve offensive lineman. And they're the, they're the position that gets shuffled through a lot. You know, guy gets tired, guy gets hurt. Okay. Nice. You know, next big body coming onto the field. So like you said, they are considered the quote unquote little guy, even though they are not the little guy um, on the field at times. So it's really good that they are investing. We love to, give shit to the NFL, but you know, they are putting the science and the data and the money behind studying this stuff and they're keeping this and finding out what works best. And as much as the players don't trust the league, it's nice to see that the players association and the league are working together on this, you know, with again as much info as they can. I'm sure they're getting feedback from players. Yeah, the helmet feels more comfortable. I didn't feel the hits as much. I, you know, okay, maybe improve this, maybe improve that, you know. So that's always really nice to hear. Yeah, and they keep taking helmets off the list, like adding, mm-hmm. they just added three more to the prohibited list, and six mm-hmm. are not recommended. Yep. <laughs> so yeah. they're getting serious about it. It's great. Yeah, a lot of these were grandfathered in from a long time ago, and, and finally as these players are aging out and they're just saying, listen, we'll, we'll let you do it one more year, but we got to get rid of these. Oh, they're yeah, just it's not... like Craig McTavish when he was yeah. the last player with <laughs> yeah. no helmet in the NHL. Yeah, and and it was like, like in the 90s. Like, he yeah. was ripping around in the 90s. It's like, Craig, I get it, man. I get it. Please put on the helmet. So, yeah, we're we're to that point now. All right, one more little bit of news before we move on to our five fits for our linebackers. Oh boy, Sean, the Philadelphia Eagles, your favorite team. Uh, if you listen, if you listen to the wonderful opening that Sean does, uh, one of the quotes is the Philadelphia Eagles are a dumpster fire. Sean, I believe that was quoted by you. Would, would you like to tell us why in the year 2021 of our Lord with a new head coach that the Eagles are still a dumpster fire up to this point? They've declined to name Jalen Hurts as the starting quarterback before the draft. I don't really understand why. I cannot name the second quarterback that they apparently have. Mm-hmm. Um, not off the top of my head. If gun to my head, I probably would have said Carson Wentz. <laughs> <laughs> you know, who the, do you know who Jalen Hurts' backup is? Who is it? It's Joseph Flacco. Oh God, <laughs> he's the new McCown brother. <laughs> Oh, boy. <laughs> somewhere as a backup uh, I, honestly that's probably who i would have named as the backup was like Cade mccown like gun to yeah. my head i probably <laughs> said Cade mccown <laughs> but you know they're not going to name him i don't really blame this so much on the coach nick siriano mm-hmm. siriani as much as mm-hmm. it's a howie rose problem because yeah. that's the that's the only constant from last year to this year like nick siriani's probably like you know it'd be great to get Jalen Hurts comfortable and believing in himself, knowing that he's the starter, mm-hmm. and we're going to put weapons around him and help him. Yeah, <laughs> it's listen. They are. I, I don't. I don't know what that they're doing. Um, it's Philadelphia, so God only knows. It, it's listen. 
it, it's coach speak. Number one, it, it's coach speak 101. Oh, you know, I don't name any starters. We, we've had two, you know, online meetings. We haven't met in person, all that. That's fine. Of course, the quarterback position is always, you know, the biggest deal. You obviously traded Wentz out of there. Hertz was taken in the second round last year. Presumably, they're not going to take a quarterback where they're at right now. So I think they're, what, 12? So, again, it's, it's coach speak, but it, it, there's a better way to say it. And like you said, this is a Howie Roseman problem. There was a great article written up a couple of weeks ago that we didn't talk about. I forgot about it, and I just didn't want to get into it after the fact. I think it was written for The Athletic, and it talks about basically the story of what happened with Doug Peterson and Carson Wentz and Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie. And whew, it is a humdinger. You absolutely can figure out why they wanted Sirianni because basically he's this. Hi, I'm Nick Sirianni. I'm the puppet head coach. I mean, this guy's like Jason Garrett with less credentials. I mean, it's, you know, if Jerry Jones was the de facto head coach of Dallas, I mean, Howie Roseman is the head coach in, in Philly, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. Like he controls the team. Like he he's just wants to find a puppet. You're you're exactly right. Yeah. It's inappropriate for to do this to Jalen Hurts. Absolutely. Like I think he played well enough at the end of the season to warrant being named the starter. You're not going anywhere, Philadelphia. Like stop fooling yourselves. Um, mm-hmm. You you'll be lucky if you make the playoffs. Oh, I can't see them making the playoffs. I mean, That's I, I just, lucky. I, I can't No, I, I just, I can't. And I was mistaken. Um, they are not drafting 12. Are they? Or no, they yeah, are. They're 12. Yeah. That's right. They, they tra- six, that's right. They drafted they were, they six, they in Miami. Okay. six to Miami. Okay. Six to Miami. Miami. That's right. That was, in. yeah. The whole ipso facto trade up, trade down, all that. Yeah. yeah. No, you're right. Um, yeah. 12. I mean, God, who knows what's going to happen in this draft. We'll get to that next week, but. Um, yeah, we're actually one week away from the draft, believe it or not. It's insane that it's coming up. Speaking of the draft, if you have nothing else to do other than shit on the Eagles, let's get to our linebackers, our five best linebackers and their and our fits with them. Uh, again, this is not we are not experts. We are just saying where we think that they make sense for the teams. It could be anybody from the first pick to the last pick. Teams don't even have first round picks. I think each of our five guys are. Mm, at least late round firsts, early seconds, maybe at the back end. But, you know, high pick guys, they're not going to be a third or fourth rounders, kind of like our mm-hmm. running backs. I think you'll see a lot of these names come off the board fairly early. Um, again, that does not mean that these will be the first five to go. These are just who we think are the best five. So, Sean, as we've done with every single one of these, I'm going to let you go first, sir. So, please, give me your top-rated linebacker and where he fits in best. So, on my board, the top-rated linebacker is Jeremiah Wusu Koromora, the inside linebacker out of Notre Dame, 6'2 or 6'1, oh. depending on which site you read, 221, 215. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> Notre Dame had a really good defense last year, and he was a big part of it. That was one of the reasons that they made it as far as they did towards the playoff. I like him in Dallas. I think he would okay. be a really good linebacker. Um, mm-hmm. One of my other players I actually think is Dallas will take instead. But I, if I was Dallas, I would tell them to take this linebacker, Jeremiah. Let Sean Lee and Justin March go and bring in this guy. Good contract. 
and let's mm-hmm. do it. Well, Jalen Smith and Leighton Vander Esch were obviously two high picks. You know, they were expected a lot out of. They both got good sized contracts. Sean Lee is gone. You know, he's he's out of Dallas. That makes sense. I think it makes sense if they're a team they've been talked about. If they don't get their guy at ten, a possible trade back candidate. So if you trade back some spots and pick up an extra pick, and then are still able to take him, it makes a ton of sense. That's a really good fit. I like that. I don't agree with you on it, but it is a good fit. My top rated linebacker is Micah Parsons. Uh, Again, the off-field stuff is still so much unknown. From everything I've heard, he's still going to go high. I mean, could he drop? Sure. He's not going to drop out of the first round. Uh, He's not going to drop out of the top 15, presumably. So he's my highest-rated linebacker. Again, from Penn State, big kid, 6'3", 245, can play all over the field. He is a menacing, menacing linebacker. In all honesty, it's a homer pick. He fits really well in New England. He he can play in the middle. He's uh to me, he's a little bit more athletic. Dante Hightower. Uh Hightower's in his last year of his contract. He's getting older. He could easily walk away from football at any point. Uh Juwan Bentley is in his last year of a contract, so he could go. Again, I think Belichick loves these versatile guys with speed, athleticism, size, and that's exactly what Parsons is. So I think he would be a perfect match in New England. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's my number two. They were one of the teams that I saw him um, going to, but I don't think he's going to drop that far. I do agree. He's my number two just because Jeremiah is a senior, so he's a little older, a little more mm-hmm. mature. Mike has got he's a junior, and he's got this off the field stuff lingering. I yep. New England would be a perfect fit for that. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I think Dallas will take will take him, and that might be like one of the worst That's, things to happen. Uh, yeah, <laughs> um, but I would love to see him in Philly, just wrecking yes, up the middle yeah. with Fletcher Cox, get some older guys to help you mm-hmm. out because they're going to be running the defense. Like the older vets are going to be running that team, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's that that's a really good one. That makes sense too. Um, I have Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa as my second rated linebacker. So again, you and I, same top two players, just inverted. That's okay. We've done that before. Um, I think he would fit really well. Again, like you said, 6'1, 6'2, 215, 220, depending on where you look. So you know, he's got good size. A, a team that I think he really makes a lot of sense for is the Saints. I think the Saints would be really happy to get him. The Saints obviously are going through a transition. They had a fairly decent defense last year, especially for the uh, the middle part of the season there, and then kind of fell off the wayside. Again, I think you get a young guy like this. He's got some decent size. He's got some speed. He's going to be able to help. You know, they lost some players. They lost Trey Hendrickson in free agency. They need cheap rookie guys because their salary cap situation is so messed up. So, if you can get an anchor for that defense, again, to go with the linebacker that they took last year in the first round, you have that stable that you're going to be able to really compete. Again, we saw, you know, they beat Tampa Bay twice last year, but in the NFC, you've got some teams that like to make plays over the middle of the field, and you need to have linebackers who are athletic and can move in space. And I think exactly like you said, Koromoa, he does that. You know, he helps fill in those gaps. We saw, I mean, Levante David and Devin White were co-MVPs of the Super Bowl, presumably on defense, because they were everywhere shutting the Chiefs down. I mean, that wasn't all of it, but we saw how important two middle linebackers were. So if you can get that, that'd be a really good fit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I like that one. Do you think they would have to trade up 
to get him, or do you think Pro- he falls probably? But again, all these rankings are so arbitrary yeah. because yeah. I personally don't think three quarterbacks should go in the first three picks. Oh. But we know four out of the first four could, or five out of the first seven could. I mean, we we just don't know. So I mean, you're going to see some really good players get pushed down the board. So where he's kind of like a mid first rounder. If he comes into the late teens, early twenties, does you know, does New Orleans give up something to come up and get him? They've done that before. So again, maybe a guy like that falls to you. Mm-hmm. No, that's that's a good one. My third guy I had might be the same as you, Zaven Collins, mm-hmm. outside linebacker out of Tulsa, six four two sixty on both sides. So he's got the same measurables. Um, he's the lone outside linebacker. On my list, I didn't have Aziz Ojolari in my top five. So the rest are inside linebackers. But for him, I like New England. I I think he would fit really well in their scheme. I think he's the kind of player that Bill Belichick would love to have and would know how to utilize. And especially, like you said, with Dante Hightower getting up there in years, this kind of helps out that defense a lot no that makes a lot of sense he's uh, you talk about size like you said like 6'4 260 that's that's exactly a Bill Belichick guy you know he's got height he's got size he's he, you know he presumably could line up at the end of the formation if he had to but also be big enough to you know hold up against tight ends that's that's a really good fit I like that um Zayvon Collins is my third uh ranked linebacker I have the Washington football team I think, again, we, we talked about where, you know, their defensive line is incredible. I think they could get some help in the in the linebacking core. So, again, Zayvon Collins right now, the board I'm looking at, is like the 30th ranked prospect. Again, he could go as high as 20. He could fall into the second round. So, again, all these are, are arbitrary and all that. But, again, I think what they want on that defense is size and speed. And I think with Zayvon Collins, two things you're getting, obviously, are size and speed. And, again, just build a defense that's terrifying. And right now, that Washington defense is terrifying. And if you add a playmaker like Zayvon Collins on there, it gets a little bit more terrifying. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the size and speed thing seems to be kind of a – what's happening in this draft with a lot of Mm -hmm. the linebackers, especially – like they're all inside linebackers and they're yeah. fast. Like and, they're, my, and they move. They move. Yeah. My next one is Jamin or Jamin Davis out of I think Kentucky. It's Jameen. 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 I think Davis. it's Jameen Davis. Jameen Davis. Yeah. And he's he's got range. He's really good. Really fast. Six four two thirty four on both sides. Mm-hmm. Like so, basically carbon copy of Zayvon Williams, or a little lighter than Zayvon Williams, and on the inside. <laughs> like, yeah. So the fact that he was able to play inside linebacker in the SEC and be ranked this high is a testament. And Kentucky <laughs> had a really good year last year, surprisingly, mm-hmm. for the team. And he I'm seeing him going and projected in the first round in some oh, ways. Wow. Okay. So he's he's really rising up the boards on that. And I the Saints, I could see him. Okay. Going to the Saints, like that. That's who I had him because he he was right in their range on the mocks mm-hmm. that I'm seeing. So I could see them. Maybe they push him outside because he's not on the inside. You need want to be a little bit bigger. I get in 
against some teams. He's fast enough to play on the outside. He's mobile. So yeah. that's where I went with uh, Jameen Davis. Yeah, I, I want to touch on something real quick because I also have Jameen Davis as my fourth ranked linebacker. You said about the uh, you know a lot of it, uh, inside linebackers coming out in this draft and the thing that they're doing is getting speed. What's happening at the linebacker position now is the same thing that happened with the tight end position you know, a few years back, where basically you cannot come into the league as an unathletic tight end right now. I mean, mm-hmm. you can be a late-round pick. You can be you know, one of those guys, an undrafted rookie free agent, who can get in a team and you know, prove his worth. But you're not going high in the draft like maybe you used to. You have to be athletic. You have to be able to move. And I'm not talking about Kyle Pitts. Like That guy is, is a whole other animal and a whole other or a whole other beast but when you see these tight ends coming out now they're way more athletic than they used to be and you're going to start seeing that with linebackers linebackers now with so many teams playing nickel defense you have to have linebackers that can stay on for for all three plays they have to be able to handle the run they have to be able to handle the pass they're going to have to take running backs and tight ends and as we've seen in some schemes even wide receivers across the middle of the formation so again it's speed 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 i mean this is the ricky bobby ish of the of the NFL, whereas you know, I just want to go fast, and that's what offenses are doing, and that's finally what defensive coordinators and colleges are getting out of their middle linebackers. Like where it might be one or two guys before now, you know, now it's like, oh, he's a thumper. Well, now you got to be a thumper and a runner, you know. So again, you see that a lot. That's I just want to say about that. But mm-hmm. yeah, Jameen Davis again, like you said, six four, two thirty four. Again, he could fit in a lot of different schemes, a lot of different places. Pittsburgh makes a lot of sense. Um, they also, you know, lost some linebackers. They lost Bud Dupree, uh, Devin Bush, you know, was injured last year. Again, Pittsburgh always has a, a tendency to do really well in two positions. One is wide receivers, as we know, and two is linebackers. They bring a lot of good linebackers, you know, not always high drafted guys, but, you know, maybe late first, second rounder, who knows? Again, we don't know how the board's going to play out. You know, Davis, according to CBS, is ranked the 40th, you know, uh, best prospect. He could go in the first round. He could drop in the second round. We don't know. But, again, I like the the fit of him and Pittsburgh together. That makes yeah. a lot of sense. Um, so who is your fifth and final linebacker, Sean? So my fifth one is Jabril Cox out of LSU. Um, transferred from North Dakota State to LSU. Mm-hmm. I get I, – I love linebackers in the SEC. I think that's that's where you breed some of the best because you got to have speed and toughness because Alabama like puts out all their running backs are fast and tough. <laughs> and, no, really? <laughs> yeah, so he Jabril Cox is more of a project um, in the sense that he wasn't at LSU the whole time, like learning Division One football. But North Dakota State's no slouch themselves. But I think there was a quarterback in this draft that was from North Dakota State. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, so he Jabril Cox is, you know, 6'4", 230. Again, senior. I think he's the perfect fit. Where'd it go? I think it throws on me here. I like him. If Philadelphia doesn't take anybody in the first round, I like him there in the second round. Uh, for that, okay. uh, their for their second round pick, I think Philadelphia should be getting an inside linebacker in this draft at some point. And you've got two two pretty good spots to take swings at two pretty good linebackers. So I think Jabril Cox would be an excellent fit in Philadelphia. 
And again, you've got the vets that can teach him the way and help him become NFL ready. No, that's a good fit. That's a good fit. Um, my this is where you and I differ. My fifth rated rated linebacker is Nick Bolton, the junior from Missouri. A little bit smaller stature than some of the other guys we've seen. Six foot, two thirty two, so he's a bigger guy. Um, the team, as soon as I saw him, the the team that just popped in my head, it was like a flashcard. The first team I thought of was the Kansas City Chiefs. Mm, yeah, it, it, it's a team that again. They've got some, you know, some some veterans on defense. They've got some young guys. They're trying to, you know, some high-priced guys. So what you need right now is starters on rookie deals. And, again, they've had some nice linebackers come through there. They've tried to bring in some free agents. They've, you know, guys have aged out. Again, I think you bring in Nick Bolton. Like you said, he's fast. He's versatile. He's going to be able to move. He's going to be able to keep up with these guys. And going against Travis Kelsey and these players on practice are only going to make you better. I think sometimes we underrate when these players go to bad teams is they don't progress as well because one thing that came out of the Patriots system is you talk to defensive backs, you talk to defensive players. When you go up against Tom Brady in that offense, you have to play better. You have to practice better because if not, they're going to trounce you in practice. Mm -hmm. So I think the defensive players for Kansas City, especially young guys, you can develop them and bring them up quicker if they're going against really great players and guess what Kansas city has on offense, Sean, really great players. <laughs> they do. And he's went to local college. So local-ish college there. Yeah. So, so. Uh, again, like if you want to put like a second round flyer on him at the back end of the second round, why not? That's a good fit. Again, you've got to get younger. You've got to get cheaper contracts. I think you're going to see a lot of teams, uh, not that they don't try and pick starters for this year, but again, with the salary cap down, the top 51 rule comes into place where only the top 51 contracts count. You're going to see obviously more veterans get cut through training camp, get beat out for jobs. So you need to bring starters, especially in these first three rounds. You need to bring guys in that fill positions of need and, and get them on the field. And I think uh, Nick Bolton does that for the Kansas city chiefs. Mm-hmm. No, it's a great pick. I like it. That that's the kind of linebacker that they have. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah. That's they don't exactly have to be it. like the. They don't have to be the biggest, most physically intimidating linebackers. I mean, you know, they have guys on the edge. You know, Frank Clark, all that. Chris Jones, D tackle, but you know, linebackers. They've just been able to to kind of roam around free and and make plays, and that's what Bolton should do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's what they do in Missouri. That's how that's how the linebackers play. So that yeah. that's a great pick. I like it. I like it a lot. Thank you. I appreciate that. That's nice. That's nice to hear. Validation is important. Um, <laughs> yours were okay. No, okay. Yeah. Yours were good. No. Um, in all honesty, Sean, uh, we've done it for all the position groups so far. I wouldn't change any of yours. I, I like all your fits. All of yours make sense. I wouldn't change any because in all honesty, it'd just be kind of like nitpicking. Mm-hmm. Like it, I just think they all make sense. They all they're all good fits to, to where you had them. Uh, would you change any of mine? No, no. Like it, the linebacker position, you're basically, there's very few outliers mm-hmm. in regards to the size and speed element. Like you're basically just like nitpicking over two inches with yeah. a lot of the, like, you know, and Nick Bolton's kind is the outlier at five eleven as an inside linebacker mm-hmm. two thirty though. Um, but Kansas city is the perfect spot for him. <laughs> like that's, that's you're, you're just plugging. That's, that's the kind of linebackers that they have at Kansas yeah. city and especially to go against the speed 
it's speed against speed in practice. That's just their style. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and in all honesty, if your middle linebacker is getting into a jump ball situation with no help with a you know a running back or a tight end, you're pretty much screwed anyway. Like mm-hmm. I'm not sure that those couple inches are going to make a huge difference if they're running down the sideline, you know, all by themselves. So, uh, yeah, it, it's not like he's five seven, which we've seen some corners play at like five eight, five nine. It's mm-hmm. not the same thing. Um, yeah, so that's our linebacker fits and. As we, as I said earlier, the draft is one week from tonight. As a matter of fact, we're going to be doing a live, I believe, YouTube video, Sean. We're going to be streaming yeah. live on YouTube uh, here. So if you want to come check us out for the first hour of the draft, which the first part's probably going to be pretty boring. We'll have a lot of filler content because, of course, we know Trevor Lawrence is going first. And we know, presumably, Zach Wilson's going second. And according to some people, we know who's going third. But we'll have plenty to talk about. Um We're going to move on to the big idea, but Sean, I wanted to bring up something quick about the draft. This isn't my big idea, but I wanted to spring this on you because this has been a thought of mine for the last couple of years. It used to be before that, before the draft, that the team and the player can negotiate the number one overall pick. They could agree to basically a contract before he was ever selected. It kind of sped up the process when there was a lot more money at stake, you know, the Sam Bradford deals, Matt Stafford, things of that sort. Um, The worst, worst, worst part of the draft is the first half hour when we know what the picks are going to be and those teams take the whole time. If Jacksonville takes more than 10 seconds, I want to jump through the TV and beat on whoever is just right below the camera because you know who you're taking. We know who you're taking. Don't take the whole 10 minutes, 12 minutes, whatever it is. Just stop it. Would you, I just want a yay or nay answer. Would you be okay? If let's say the Jacksonville Jaguars, if they are allowed to negotiate with Trevor Lawrence, sign the deal and skip the first pick of the draft and move right on to the second. And if the New York Jets are dead set, they are not going to trade. They are not. They know who they want, that they can then negotiate with who who their selection is going to be. And that way we could speed up the process because Trevor Lawrence will not be in Cleveland. The draft is being held in Cleveland this year. So he's not going to walk across the stage. He's not going to shake the commissioner's hand and all that. He's not there. So those first 10 to 15 minutes are going to be the most boring time of your life outside of listening to this podcast. So would you be okay with teams being able to sign contracts with incoming rookies to speed up the draft process? Yeah, I'd love it. That'd be great. He's already donated 20K to to Jacksonville Charities. Yeah, that's why we're here. We we're, we are solutions oriented. It's not going to happen because it's all about the broadcasters. They like <laughs> it, that's why I think I think the pick will take the full time because the broadcasters oh, it's will, going to. are going to want to talk, and that's the whole reason. My dad, I think my dad told me that a few years ago because I was exactly like you. Mm-hmm. I was like, "What the hell? You know who the pick? Oh, I know. Be? Yeah, <laughs> blah, blah blah. My dad's like, "These guys got to talk." Like same in the NBA, we know who the picks yep. like LeBron James yep. like. Takes yeah. the full time. <laughs> like we, Cleveland has the first pick, and LeBron yeah. James is in the draft. <laughs> it's, like it's that's the biggest slam dunk ever. It's they have they have to have the little Buick symbol in the in the corner, and they have to you know the scroll at the bottom, the State Farm scroll, and all, yeah, they have to have all that advertising. But still, it'd be so nice if we just knew. Like if you want to take up the ten minutes, that's fine. But just say. <laughs> In nine minutes and 48 seconds, Jacksonville will select yeah. Trevor Lawrence with the number one overall pick. But then you can't talk about the number two pick before the number two pick while they take oh, yeah, the can. whole 15 minutes. Yeah. 
All right. Well, I threw a wrench into the system there, but we are back on track. Sean, this is your big idea. I don't understand it. I'm not even sure it was in English when you sent it to me. Sean, what is your big idea for the end of tonight's pod? Well, the big idea, I can't. Are you familiar with the Euro Super League? Have you been following uh, what happened there? Well, I, I did hear about it, the Super League, right? It was basically 15 teams that were going to create this Super League. And no, is that not correct? Uh, no, it was two, three, four. It's 12 was, teams. 12 teams. Okay, 12. Teams okay, but I thought they founding. were. Okay, 12 so teams was, in the initial founding. Yeah, six out of England, three out of Spain, and three out of Italy. Okay. So, uh, yeah. Well, I heard about it, and then as quickly as it was here, it vanished like a fart in the wind. Yeah. So, April 18th, it was announced, and basically yesterday it was over mm-hmm. because 10 of the 12 had put in their resignation from the Super League. <laughs> Can you quit from a job that doesn't really exist? Is that possible? Well, I, I guess the term they used was withdraw, but you know, it, yeah. it's fine. I recommend listening to Bill's pod where he talked to Chris Ryan because Chris Ryan did a good job of breaking it down. And mm-hmm. I've heard a lot of people incorrectly state that it was driven by the English leagues. It was actually driven by the Real Madrid and AC Barcelona. For some reason, they want this because I guess they just want better competition to play against better competition more because the three teams out of Spain have never been relegated in their league since they joined their leagues like in the 1920s. And Inter Milan and AC Milan have never been relegated. Juventus has in the Serie A to Serie B. Okay, for for anybody who doesn't understand – just give us a quick pretend like I'm a five-year-old. I'm going to play Michael sure. Scott. Explain to me like I'm a five-year-old. What does relegation mean and what determines who's relegated in uh, European soccer? So say this, this, this super league was the B league. So in the English, there's three, there's the premier league and then two champions leagues underneath. So say this is the middle one. You have 12 teams. The top three at the end of the season would move up to the premier league and the bottom three would drop down to the third league and the third league top three would move up into the second league and the bottom three in the premier league get relegated back down to the second league. So they basically just like, if you're not, you can in the top league, you have to be in the middle or the top. You don't want to be Mm -hmm. in the bottom. If you're in the bottom, you're going down a league. You're going down. And, you lose sponsorship money you lose all like it's detrimental financially for as as would make sense if you're not successful you're going to suffer so i think it was initially driven by the span the spanish owner like the barcelona and real madrid because they just want better competition the english league all the teams coincidentally all have american owners who don't (laughs) have relegation back home with their first loves their first ownership teams Mm-hmm. And they were like, "What? I if I don't do well, I have to go down and I lose money. What? Mm-hmm. What's this? What are you talking about?" So they they were really pushing for it, but the fans like lost their minds, and like that's kind of what drove it out. Like <laughs> there was there was also part of it that if you if you were a player on the team in this Super League or whatever, that you then couldn't play for your home country in like the CONCACAF or CONCACAF tournament or, or there was certain 
like uh, you couldn't represent yeah, your country UEFA in certain and, tournaments. UEFA and FIFA were basically re- renouncing this league and saying they wouldn't mm-hmm. recognize the teams, so the teams wouldn't be able to go to the club club Euro Championships, mm-hmm. the Club World Cup. Okay. Um, they wouldn't be able to be part of the domestic. They were basically leaving their domestic teams. They couldn't go to the Champions League or anything like that. Yeah. So they, they were basically disowning everybody that was involved with the Super League, <laughs> UEFA yeah. and FIFA. And they announced and they, this the day before a meeting. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they, they really did put on pressure quite quickly. Yeah. Um, but, but what is your idea for relegation across the pond? Now, we're talking this in European soccer – but let's bring it west a little bit to where you and I are here. Yeah. So I want to bring it from... over to North America. Like let's okay. let's introduce it to these North American teams. Surprisingly, the MLS doesn't even have this. Like the North American soccer <laughs> leagues don't have relegation. You basically you can mm-hmm. you have to buy your way into the MLS if you have enough money and you're rich enough and you have a big enough stadium and yada yada yada. You can yeah. join the MLS straight away and not have to be like in any of the sub leagues because there actually is a pyramid that would work for it but they don't use it i like it for the nfl because like we talked about off air the xfl and the cfl are in chatters to become to basically collaborate in the future and you could use the xfl and the cfl as kind of a regulation promotion system to keep teams it's it's hard because the xfl basically rides the coattails of the NFL and mm-hmm. seven of the eight teams in the league are in NFL markets mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> already. Three of those seven play in the same stadiums mm-hmm. <laughs> for that. And and have and have former NFL players as the faces of the franchises for a lot of these teams. Yeah. But honestly like there's enough football players that you could make like a second league realistically mm-hmm. for the NFL. And I've heard people talk like they would love to have football when the NFL is not on. They want a continuation. They'd love to have more NFL. That's the, the NFL doesn't need to make their current employees have to play more games. Why not create an opportunity for more people to make you more money? <laughs> no, that's a fair system. I, I will push back. Cause I, I know we talked about beforehand that while relegation in its idea of when you compare it to European mm-hmm. soccer or European football uh, does not make sense at all here. And, and no. the reason for that is, is it, it's like what you said, it's money. Mm-hmm. It's the reason that billionaire owners are not going to want to let millionaire owners into their club um, yeah. in, in a relegation system. Let's say not even the bottom three, let's just say the worst team in the league, like yeah. the worst team in the NFL gets the number one pick in the draft but you're relegated to the lower, you know, the lower. Um, no, I, I wouldn't do that because you're hurting the number one draft pick. Okay. Like, I mean, you're hurting think, the veterans on the team. Yeah. It's, it's a tough situation. It, I, it, it's it, not going to yeah. happen. Like I just, mm-hmm. I think it's kind of ironic that in a capitalist society that we live in, we use a socialist system for our leagues. <clears throat> like the yeah. employee, the owners are basically buoyed. Like if you lose money, you'll just get it back from the other owners, the revenue sharing and different things like that. Those are social scotch trucks. <laughs> so yeah. like relegation is pure capitalism. Like it's, yeah. you have to spend the money to make the money. That's mm-hmm. the whole point. If you can't spend the money to keep up with the teams, then yeah. you're not going to be competing against them because there's no point. 
So if teams aren't going to take it serious, then let's let's kick them out. Well, and that that's a very fair point. Now, I will push back a little bit is I think a lot of teams do spend money, whether it's on, mm-hmm. you know, no, we're just not talking about on the field because there's a salary cap teams. There's a salary floor. So every team has to spend a certain amount and you can only spend a certain amount. So if you're a rich owner like Stan Kroenke of the Rams, it doesn't matter that you have $10 billion dollars you can't spend any more than the Roonies that are a family business and aren't Mm -hmm. as, you know, so that's fine. And that's all fair. Now, if you do want to do relegation, what you need to do is do it like the European football clubs do get rid of the salary cap. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you're going to do this, let's do this all the way. Mm -hmm. And you, you talked about capitalism and socialism and things of that sort of, and those can be, you know, in, in America here, those are dirty terms and we don't, you know, want to talk about them, but I'm just talking about in this aspect, you're absolutely right. Players can be cut in a heartbeat with very little ramification where owners are not held to the high standard. I will give you two examples, straight and clear, same team. Jonas Gray was a running back a few years ago, played for the New England Patriots, had a huge game against the Indianapolis Colts, ran for over 200 yards. This guy came out of nowhere. (laughs) And that week, was on the cover of Sports Illustrated. He slept in one morning. He slept through his alarm and within two weeks was cut from the Patriots and was no longer in football. I think he signed with Miami for a short period of time, but literally not even a flash in the pan. He was like the the tip of the lighter that started the flash in the pan. He was let go. His career was over. He was on the cover of Sports Illustrated and in the same season, he did not have a job. Because he slept in. Now, I'm sure there were other reasons that he didn't catch on. But, like, that's why he was cut from his team, okay? Because he slept in. You have an owner who was caught in a compromising position in a day spa who, you know, and and that's been well documented what happened. Now, he was not forced to sell the team, I, as I don't think he should have been. I, that's just my personal opinion. Um all charges were dropped. There was a whole situation. Um, we've seen other owners, including um, the Indianapolis Colts, speaking mm-hmm. of which, uh, Jimmy Irsay, yeah. you know, being caught with money and drugs and all this you know, uh, on him. So again, there is a different standard. I mean, it's always been the haves and the have-nots, mm-hmm. which is, you know, that's part of it. That's why we like football. You know, if everybody was on equal footing, then we wouldn't have underdogs to root for. But if you really want to get into relegation in the NFL, whether it's with another league in conjunction with the CFL slash XFL or whatever, the ZFL, whatever they want to make it, Mm -hmm. um, then, yeah, I think blowing up the salary cap is the first step. And like you said, our big ideas are not necessarily to fix the sport because I don't think the three-pointer is going anywhere. If you listen to the last show, (laughs) I don't think relegation is coming to the NFL. But if you want to have a serious talk about this, Blowing up the salary cap is the first thing because we know that there are clubs in Europe who spend, I mean, we've seen it, Real Madrid, Manchester, you know, that just spend buku amounts on young, unproven talent, on veterans, on, you know, all this stuff. So if the Dallas Cowboys and Jerry Jones want to go out and outbid everybody for an all-star team, go right ahead. That doesn't guarantee you a win. We know that. We know Mm -hmm. that about football. We know that. So that part of it is going to stay the same. Soccer is still soccer when you break down those great teams. Football is still football over here. But if you really want to do this, it's got to go full bore. And the first step Uh to me is blowing out the salary cap. 
no, you're exactly right. And if if you really want to get serious, you just have you don't do it with the current teams. Like you don't start like adding them to the rele- relegation. You're like basically expansion. You have to build a second league from scratch for mm-hmm. that. And you can take the XFL. There's plenty of players to go around. You just got to find the owners. And it's a, it'll be a smaller amount of money to get in. And then you can basically use your wits and kind of get work your way up to it. I think the NCAA would really seriously look, should really seriously look at relegation system for their system for their different sports like basketball. Like there's like 300 teams. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But even should, within, like, I'm not saying all the ACC teams should yeah. be in the top, top thing. Cause the mm-hmm. thing that I've been like taking forever working on is like, I'm saying, you know, only two or three of the ACC teams really should be in the top of the league. One, two SEC teams should be in the top league. Like, so, it's, and then you got to take it from smaller ones. So mm-hmm. even within conferences, you need relegation. Like there's, it's just ridiculous, but you, you're right. Like salary caps would just have to go away. Yeah. They, I mean, they couldn't, they couldn't exist. They yeah. couldn't, uh, which again, opens up a whole can of worms. One part we'll finish up on this, unless you have some more thoughts is you were talking about finding owners for these you know, secondary leagues or for these relegation leagues. Look at the minority owners, and and by minority, I don't necessarily mean like actual minorities, but the people who own pieces of these franchises. Mm-hmm. We saw David Tepper go from a minority owner of the Steelers to the owner of the Carolina Panthers because that came up. But if you can f- convince these people who, for the most part, are uber rich and say, hey, listen, you can still stay a minority owner of this, but if you're willing to put up. 15, 20, 25 million dollars as part of organizing this new franchise, then that goes a long way in goodwill and also gives you a chance to be more hands-on as an owner. Because when you're a minority owner in the NFL, it's for stature a lot of times. You know, it's for, you know, it's a foot in the door. Well, this is another foot in the door. So if you have one foot in this door and you have one foot in this door, I don't know if you know anything about physics, John, you go in the door. So again, if you're looking to start this, this kind of secondary league and have, and have investors, maybe that's the first place to look, look in house. Yeah. You, know, you don't have to go to the bank when you've got a piggy bank sitting in your room. So maybe that's the way that they need to look. Yeah. And there's a thirst for football and it's going to get watched. I guarantee it. If only by the gamblers, it'll be watched, <laughs> which is becoming more legal by the day. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, it's, We've, uh, how many times have we talked about gambling and rights deals and, and casino? I mean, everything, you know, this offseason, it's been a lot of influx of money and it's just, it's going to get more and more and more people are thirsty for football. Absolutely. You're absolutely right, Sean. Yeah, that's it. Relegation right. is a good thing. It's Listen, it's not a bad idea. It, it's, it, you know what it is? Uh, you know, I'm a diehard office fan. It's Michael Scott's uh, 45-day plan, day 45, save the company. Uh, day 45 for relegation is relegation. Now we just need to figure out the previous 44 days to figure out how we get to relegation. Day one is get rid of the salary cap. Now we just need the other 43 days, Sean. That's where we're at. We got 43 days to figure this out. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. Because you know what? We're going to get that damn standing ovation, and I'm going to twirl. <laughs> uh, if, if, there, if there's nothing else, Sean, um, thank you very much. I'm Joe McDonald. That is Sean Lawler. 
Again, this is the Out of Bounds podcast. Don't forget to come check us out on all your favorite streaming platforms. Um, come rate, review us. I don't say that enough. Uh, thank you for the people who listen and who share it out. Uh, again, come find us on Facebook. We have an email set up. It's on the Facebook page. Sean set it up. We have an Instagram account, so go like us on there. We actually put our first video out on YouTube. We now have a YouTube channel. I'm telling you, Sean, after going snipe hunting, you become a brand new man. It really has changed who you are as a person, and I got to tell you, I'm loving it. Uh, again, uh, go listen to Sean on an Angry White Dad podcast. Go listen to uh, Sean and Trey and Marcus and uh, was it Eugene that you just Eugene, recorded yeah. with? Eugene. I have not met you yet, Eugene, but you sound wonderful on the Charity Stripe commentary. Uh, go listen to Brendan on a Ginger's Tailgate podcast, the old college try. He's working up something here. And like I said, uh, next week, next Thursday, we are not going to do a normal pod, but we will be recording. But we're going to do a, a YouTube live, uh, not YouTube, YouTube live. We are not YouTube, uh, YouTube live. Uh, thanks. So that'll be our first attempt at that and follow along with the draft, obviously. Tuesday, we plan on, again, going into the news and giving our best five fits for quarterbacks. So stay tuned for that. Obviously, with the draft just that week, it'll be interesting. And, Sean, anything else to say? No, that's everything. You know, the draft is coming. I can't wait for it to be here. I can't wait for it to be over. I gotta, I'm yeah. not going to lie, man. I love I love football. Oh, boy, I'll be glad when it's I over. I don't think the takes are going to stop after. Uh they will not stop after the uh, the Ringer NFL group will be full of takes that evening and also for weeks after about who your favorite team did and did not take. But you know what? We will be here to go over all of it, Sean. Again, everybody, thank you very much. Uh, take care of yourselves and we'll talk to you later. Peace. Yeah, no, I, I, I kept him off because it's it didn't. Like he was, he's more of a rusher. Like mm-hmm. he's not as good in coverage as the other five that I had. Yeah. So, so yeah, I, he's an honorable mention for me. But if you've got him on your list, like he was on it at first. All right. Um. So we want to do. Let me pull this up. I just had it pulled up. So the new rule changes. Yeah. Um. We can just kind of, because there's a bunch here. I can like read them off. Sure. And then we can just talk about a couple of them. Yeah. Uh, obviously, the one that we want to talk about is the jersey number changes because that got a, a response from Oh yeah, Tom Brady uh, and some and some other players too. You know, uh, other players are excited. Most of the guys who get to change their numbers or want to change their numbers and yeah. Brady's reaction is hilarious. It's I'm gonna. Ha- Do you have the quote up? I've got I've got the article in my Chrome. Okay. I've got like a window with like all the tabs, so I've got like all the articles here in okay. the print version. Okay, that's good. The Tom Brady one's so short when you put it in the print version. Yeah. <laughs> it's like five paragraphs. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll, I'll turn it over to you, and you can read the. Um, yeah, and I recorded with Eugene yesterday. So, and I and the gallery view is working on it. Oh, good. So it is gives that me, yeah, it's a separate file. Yeah, so I, I've changed my settings on Zoom so that it records. Okay. So when it sends me the recording, it sends me the speaker view and the gallery view as separate files. Oh, okay. 
So depending on how it looks, like that put the gallery view for clips and stuff. So it shows both of us. Well, oh, all right. Okay. Yeah, and then I can like um, fill in the black spots with like the logo and stuff. Like that. Oh, nice. All right, so we'll do rule changes. Um, do you want to talk about the helmets? Sure. Okay, so we'll pull that up, talk about the helmets. Uh, just how funny the eagle situation is, if you want, the right. next Sirianni thing, and then get into linebackers, and then, and then your, uh, Relegate. yeah, relegation. Uh, relegation. Thank you. Relegation promotion. Oh, did you know that the XFL and CFL have been in talks regarding potential consolidation? I, I heard a rumor. I heard a rumor just because, like, I believe the XFL still has TV rights deals in America. So if somehow the CFL could get attached to that, then um, their product could come to wider audiences, presumably. Mm -hmm. um, that would be, I'm sure, one of the many reasons they would do it. You know, roster or talent, things of that sort. But my guess is, is uh, Southern North American exposure always helps. <laughs> yeah. No, I was just just came into my mind as you we were talking about it. I was like, you could have the two team two leagues play, and they're like separate leagues, but they have crossover play, and you play the rule by the rules of the home team, kind of like the AL NL. Like mm -hmm. the some have the DL or DH, and yeah. some have pitchers hitting. Yeah. Well, I was thinking it would almost go back to what the original AFL NFL championship would be. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it was you know two different leagues, but then playing for the title, so you could have it, and then. But CFL has totally different rules from the XFL. Like the I, XFL is different I, from the NFL, but like CFL is like a whole different. I <laughs> I understand that. I understand that. So it's going to be interesting to see if they do go through with this. Like, what is the. I guess the ultimate end game. Do you just nice. make the CFL a Canadian entity, or do you make Canadian football a football entity? Yeah, because that's really gonna what that's gonna be what the difference is. Well, yeah, and the Canadian CFL didn't play last season; like, they mm -hmm. shut down, and they're in talks with the government about potentially trying to play this season. Yep. They'll need they'll nice. need assistance from the government. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. All right, so whenever you're ready, we'll... Uh... Recording, so ready to go. Okay.